Hey community, in today's episode, Luke Smallbone from For King and Country joins Matt McCoy to talk about the band, their new music, and the importance of collaboration as a worship artist and a worship leader. Hope you enjoy the interview and make sure to check out their new single, Love Me Like I Am, that's streaming wherever you get music. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of Loop Live. My name is Matt McCoy. I'm the founder of loopcommunity.com. And boy, oh boy, do we have a special treat for you today. On the Loop Live show today, we've got Luke Smallbone from For King and Country. And I'm really excited to talk about the new music they've got coming out, but also just a little bit about their story, how they got started in music. And hopefully this is a blessing to you as worship leaders and songwriters. So without further ado, let's bring Luke on in. Luke, what's up, my brother? What is going down, man? Thanks for uh, hey. taking a moment to uh, chat with me, man. I appreciate you guys. I'm so thankful that you joined us for uh, this Loop Live. I'm a big fan of your music. A lot of people on Loop community are big fans of your music. I actually saw you guys play, maybe it was two years ago, uh, at Willow Creek in Chicago. Yes, yes. The auditorium was slammed. If anybody's ever been to Willow Creek, you just know that it's just like this massive church auditorium that holds like 8,000 people. And I remember it just being packed and the energy in that room was just so awesome. It was killer. Oh man. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come hang with us for an evening. Yeah, That's, uh, it's always fun to kind of have uh, peers that, uh, are willing to come to a show. So thanks for coming. Yeah, it's cool. It was awesome. So for, for people who maybe don't know your guys' story so for King country, yeah. you guys are brothers, right? That's right. Luke? That's right. Brothers from the same okay. mother. Brothers from the same mother, all right. And are you guys? Tell us just a little bit about like your story. How did you guys get started in music? And yeah, yeah and doing what you're doing. Yeah, so originally born in Australia, uh, though my uh, accent has been significantly compromised by you Americans. But uh, born in Australia, <laughs> my dad was a a concert promoter in Australia, and uh, he brought one tour back uh, that didn't go very well, and we actually ended up losing uh, everything that we had as a family. And so he was looking for a fresh start uh, and he got a, a job offer in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And so uh, he thought it would be a good idea to move his six kids uh, and his wife, who wow. was six months pregnant at the time. And uh, we came over and uh, soon after we arrived in Nashville, my dad actually lost that job. And so we were stranded on the other side of the world. No friends, no family. Uh, you know, we were sleeping on beds made out of clothes. Uh, didn't have any way for a little sister to be born in a hospital. Uh, we weren't always questioned where the next meal was going to come from. Didn't have a car. I mean, the list went on and on. And so we uh, we didn't know what else to do other than just gather around as a family and, and see some amazing miracles uh, take place. I mean, it was really the church here in America that really loved on us and uh, really was really gave us away here in America. We had you know people send in you know checks that would cover our bills by dollars. We had people dropping off groceries on our uh, doorstep. Uh, a family gave us a car the first day they met us. We uh, still to this day don't know who paid for our little sister to be born in a hospital. And so wow. with all of that, you know, we were really sustained by people just loving on uh, our family. And our older sister at that time started singing. Her name is Rebecca St. James. And so we went on the road uh, with her. I was a I was a, I think I ran the spotlight at like nine. Uh, I was a lighting wow. director at, you know, 14, 15 for her. And Joel was a stage manager. We grew up singing. So he did some background vocals. And as I got a little bit older, I did as well. And so we, our, our, our beginning was pretty much in uh, music, right, right from the get go. Wow. And you were on tour then with Rebecca, your sister. That's interesting. I actually yeah. never put that connection together. So you guys are all related. 
Um, and were you guys playing instruments at the time too? No, no. I, you know, it was interesting, mostly just singing. Uh, you know, Joel, Joel started pretty young. He was background singer at probably, uh, at 12. Uh, and I, I, I used to sing, you know, I, before I hit puberty, I could sing above my sister. And so they always wanted me to sing kind of the high harmonies and things like that. And so I did that from the monitor desk for a while. And then, uh, then, uh, I was doing it when I would run lights and, and it got a little yeah. bit messy there for a while. So I stopped. And then when I was about 17, 18, I started doing a little bit more on stage with her. So yeah, it was, uh, great. it was a, a very unique time. I play, I just started playing drums when I was probably 13, 14, but never, never really did it much on stage with her. Were you guys ever involved in church music, like doing worship music at all? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we, I, I, that was kind of when I, um, I, I, for the most part, you know, would just sing at church when I was home on the weekends and, and grew up trying to just serve kind of the, the, the local church how I could. I, I started playing drums a little bit for the, the youth group when I was probably, when I think I had graduated high school, actually. And uh, I always asked myself, like, why did I play drums, you know, just by myself for all these years? And then I thought, oh, well, maybe it was just to play, you know, drums at, 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 at youth group, you know, for, for a little while. And I, I never really thought much about doing music for, for a living. And so it, it did grow into what, what we do kind of now. But, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't really much of a, a focus or priority for me back then. So what made you guys want to start a new band for King and Country? What was the beginnings of for King and Country? Yeah, so I um I wanted to play sports growing up. I was big into uh, tennis, and then uh, I was playing basketball. I knew I was never going to be a professional athlete, but uh, thought maybe I could get a college scholarship and go play somewhere, maybe become a coach, uh, something like that. And in my junior year of high school, actually, I tore my ACL, and uh, I felt like that was a way of God saying, "I don't want you to play sports." And so uh, I, I quickly, I quickly kind of was looking around, and I was one of those kids that I could do a lot of different things average you know like i was just average at everything you know i wasn't really very uniquely gifted sports was the thing that i was probably best at and so when that was taken from me i actually went to my mom and i said mom you know what do i do everybody else in the family's got these these things that they're really gifted at and and i can you know i i can do a little bit of it all but i'm, I'm really not special at much hmm. and and she said you know by the time you graduate high school i think there's gonna be one thing left for you to do and, and sure enough i graduated high school and joel comes to me and says hey what do you think about writing some songs and seeing on some demos. And, and to be honest, I was probably one foot in, one foot out for probably a couple of years. Uh, we were working on songs and, and I had a producer say, you know, Luke, if you're going to do music, you, you've got to give it everything. You can't mm. just sit there and, and look at all these other things of what you could potentially do. And, and it was in probably in those moments that I really learned like how to craft a song. I, I really dove into, I, I want to be a good songwriter. I want to, I want to, I want to be able to, I want to be able to create. And, and that takes years and years of, of failure writing bad songs, you know? And, and so yeah. th it was a long period of time uh, before, you know, Joel and I really became Fakir and Country. We probably did about five, six years of pretty worthless development uh, that was very valuable, actually. I say worthless. We weren't very good, but we, uh, but we worked on our craft for quite a number of years. Yeah, it takes a commitment. I think just a couple of days ago, I saw a post from, I think it was Stacy Wilbur, she was talking yeah. about a quote from Jason Ingram about what kind of songwriter you are. And he's like, show me your calendar. Um, because are you actually like booking time in? Are you actually making songwriting a, pri a priority? Or is it just something you maybe do once a week? You know, and that kind of just shows like if it's a hobby for you, if it's something you're really taking seriously. Um, you guys have you guys have a new song out, Love Me Like I Am. Yeah. And uh, 
tell us a little bit about that song, where that came from. Yeah, well, it was one of those unique ones where my brother Joel actually woke up in the middle of the night and he says, uh, he, he heard this just phrase, you know, love me like I am. And, and so we, we were writing in a writing session the next day. And so he came to me and uh, and another guy, Josh Co, that we're working with and, and had this phrase. I said, ah, there's something really special to that. And Josh Co leaned over and said, yeah, it's amazing that you can love me like yeah. I am. And we were like, oh, that's, that's, you know, there's something to that phrase, you know? And, and the, the trick with songs is, is um, if you have a really great lyric, uh, but you don't have a good melody or you don't have a good track, your song's just, you know, pretty forgetful. If you have a, a an amazing melody with a bad lyric, but a slamming track, your song's just, eh, it's okay. You have to have the three components. You have to have a great track, great melodies mm. and a great thought. And I think the hottest aspect of that is the thought. The thought is the mm -hmm. thing that, that if you don't have a good thought, the basis of your song is never going to amount to much. And it doesn't mean it can't develop over time, but you have to be saying something that, that connects with people, that connects with, with your heart. And Love Me Like I Am, I mean, look, I, I don't know. Part of the reason why I got excited about that song was because who doesn't want to be loved for who they are? I mean, isn't mm -hmm. that kind of the universal uh yeah. struggle with humanity is that we're 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 doing all these things to try and you know prove to ourselves our worth or prove to another our worth and and uh I, I think that that's what we all long for that's that's the brilliance of the grace of jesus is the fact that that's what he does and that's why it's yeah. so difficult for us to comprehend is because we we live in a society that says you do have to earn everything you know and so i think that uh i i learned really early on actually probably in those those years of development development of writing songs uh, that um if you can write a song that really connects with your heart with your song mm -hmm. there's there's most likely millions of other people out there in the world just like you that are looking for the same things and so that's what we try that's how we try to write we try to write songs that are really resonate with our heart and hopefully you know other people resonate with it as well and in, in that you know makes us feel a little bit less lonely because hopefully there's millions of other people out there just like us going through you know similar walks of life so you guys do a lot of collaborating in your writing yeah. and in your recording you've done stuff with dolly parton need to breathe tons tons of other artists tell us a little bit about give me give me just a couple of tips that you have as far as collaborating with other songwriters and i bet it's I bet it was tricky over COVID even with like maybe doing songwriting over Zoom or like, do you have any tips for songwriting together with other people? Well, I think that first off, I would say this. I, I remember when we first started working with uh, co-writing, it was this immediately met with, well, that means I'm not good enough. If I'm working with somebody else, you know, I'm, I, yeah. I, 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 that means <laughs> that I, I have to rely on somebody else and I'm not good. So we, you know, yeah. early on, I think I went into a lot of, a lot of songwriting sessions with always this feeling that, they were so much better than me and, and versus what it is now, which is, man, the best idea wins and you don't really care where it comes from. It's yeah. the collaborating is, is, you know, the, the bet to the best that you can, if you're a songwriter to come into that room with a humble heart, recognizing that today may be the day that you have most of the answers to the song or very few, but yet your presence and your voice still matter in the room. Mm. I think that, you know, a, a lot of people get very guarded with their ideas. And, uh, to me, if you can't, you know, Joel and I are our average talents, uh, that just never give up on ideas, you know? And so mm. our whole thing is, is it takes us long time to write songs. It's just, that's our method. People that work with this kind of know it. We're not a song a day type of guy, type of people. Yeah. If we, if we end up with, you know, a chorus melody 
and a decent beat and a track one day. Usually yeah. we're like, oh, we had a good day today. We're very, very slow. But what you realize is, is people, if you, if you come in with an agenda and you're kind of keeping score, like I came up with this and I came all oh, then I'm, I feel good about Nah, man. It's just about it, it to the best of your ability, go into those rooms with a humble heart and, and just trying to create something that you feel like is honoring the, the gift that God's given you uh, with creativity. Yeah. And uh, I think inherently you usually will, will come up with, with better songs. And the other thing I would say to a lot of young songwriters, write with better songwriters, right? Write with people that are way better than you. So you don't yeah. need, because then you'll, then you'll get better. But if you're the best songwriter in every, every room that you're in, you're probably actually not going to be writing great songs. You know? How do you because, get uh, those? How do you get those better songwriters to write with you though? Well, uh, yeah, that's because a I wonder if maybe oh, oh. they would be like, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm only going to write with other really good songwriters. I'm not going to write with this like random guy. You know, most songwriters still see a talent in somebody else. Right. And so the, the trouble with creativity, I think as a whole is, do you actually have a gift or not? Right. And a lot of people want to have the gift of X, Y, Z because it looks good or that's just what they want. But do they actually have the gift? And that's a, that's something that people have to confirm in you. But I think most songwriters, artists, painters, they can still see in another what was once in them, even if it's very, very uh, young, even if it's, yeah. you know, if it, in the scheme of a flower, even if it's just budding, they can usually yeah. see it. And so I think it's, it's, be, it's being willing to fail. You know, yeah. it's been, you know, and you're, you're, you're right. I mean, look, you probably will get turned down, you know, like yeah, you, you, may, you may want to, you may want to work with that great songwriter, but you know what, if you keep working at your craft and you come back yeah. a year later and that person sees, man, they're still, they've been writing songs for the last year. And that I said yeah. no to them last time, but I just heard a song that they did and they had a great verse. Chorus wasn't so good, but they had a great verse. People yeah. recognize that as, as songwriters, people are looking for other people. Uh, you know, songwriters are looking for other songwriters that are budding that are on because you know you're not most of the time in, in music you go in seasons you go in seasons of doing really well and and then yeah. you kind of sometimes you have to kind of recreate yourself you know and you have to right. come up with fresh ideas those fresh ideas don't usually come from i just kind of come up with fresh ideas you're, the fresh mm -hmm. ideas usually come from somebody else sparking something in them that or saw a different idea working with somebody else that they go i never thought of writing a song like that or i never thought of creating like that that usually comes from the young because young and youth do things that are naive in a good way. Sometimes they're yeah, like, never right. thought, I never thought to do it like that, but it worked. That's yeah. why you need young talent. Oh man. That's so good. That's a really good encouragement. I think for any songwriter listening to this, I even take that as for sure encouragement. I've been writing a bunch of new songs recently. And for these songs, I've actually been kind of just like sending my lyrics out to other songwriters because I really want, I want to hold them openly and just let these other songwriters sharpen them and make it, better because i just know that lyrics probably aren't my personal strength so i've been trying to send it to people who well, i know are better at lyrics a note a note to self uh of all the aspects of music that pretty much every songwriter struggles with it's lyrics it's the hottest component yeah. of writing uh and the people that find it easy sometimes write a lot of lyrics but they're not great lyrics mm. and so you know the, the lyrics is lyric is the that is the thing that is the yeah. most difficult to do well, but, uh, and, and everybody I know basically struggles with it. It's just, a, it's, that's the hottest part of writing songs. And it's so important. The right lyric is so important because it's almost like the difference between lightning and lightning bug, you know, that's right. Like lyrics are so, so important.
And uh, one little small change can change the entire picture, the entire energy of what you're trying to say. Absolutely. Um, Luke, I appreciate you taking time and sharing a little bit about these, these songwriting tips. The Everybody needs to go listen to Love Me Like I Am. We actually have all the tracks at Loop Community, which is cool. So if you want to lead this at your church or for a special, go get a Loop Community, get the tracks. I love the theme of Love Me Like I Am. And, you know, it made me think of this C.S. Lewis, or uh, it's Tim Keller, actually, this Tim Keller quote, which maybe you've heard this, Luke. It's to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is a lot like being loved by God. It's what we need more than anything. And I think that goes along so well with uh, the song you guys have written. It's such a great song. So um, I appreciate it. Is there anything, any like parting words you'd want to give to worship leaders who are listening to this? Oh man. Well, any thank you first of all for, yeah, just for even just taking the time to, to chat. And I love that you uh, referenced Tim Keller. I was listening to a sermon uh, to him this morning, coming, coming in here for some meetings. And I, uh, well, first of all, I would say we need Tim Keller. And I hope that yeah. he's, you know, get gets uh, gets healthy and 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 stays with us for a while because, um, you know, it, it's it's a you it's a unique thing to have someone that can articulate uh, what I think the intent of a lot of what Jesus was meaning in Scripture with such humility and kindness that Tim mm-hmm. does. Uh, he has a way that uh, I literally could probably listen to any of his sermons, and I don't see yeah. his ego. Though I'm sure it, we all have an ego. I'm sure he has one. I don't ever see his ego getting in the way. And so I'm a, a yeah. massive fan of uh, Tim Kelly. He's really, really encouraged me in my, uh, just in my life journey, to be totally yeah. frank. Man, when it comes to encouragement to youth uh, worship leaders, like, man, I, I'm so grateful for you guys. Um, it's a, uh, it, it's a, it's a, a wonderful gift to be able to lead people to, to Jesus. It's also incredibly dangerous <laughs> mm. because uh, at times we, we, you know, if you want to actually go back and think through uh, Lucifer, what was he doing? Right. Uh, you yeah. know, he was leading people. So leading it's something more, to yeah. hold very, it's it's something to, to hold very, very loosely in the sense of it's very easy to think through the performance aspect of, of leading people in worship. Obviously you want your players to be playing great. You want to have good singers up there. You don't want distractions. But if we start to think that it's in our perfectionism that makes worship good, then we've 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 missed the mark a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's about a a spirit in which we come to worship that actually matters. I think when you see dynamic, su- you know, Sunday mornings, that something shifted, that something was different. It usually has a lot to do with the countenance of the way that we're actually coming to worship. And so I would I would say, look, I encourage you guys to to be excellent at what you do, but to come with a, a heart of humility. And, and come with a heart of, it's not about, I mean, we hear it all the time, right? You know, uh, it's not about me, but that's probably the biggest challenge that I think all worship leaders have is, is remembering that it's not about you. And it's something that it's, it's a lesson that I don't think that we can ever kind of hear enough or be reminded enough because it, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're inherently sinful. So we're inherently egotistical and we're inherently prideful. But it's when those things are stripped away that you, I think you get to experience the goodness of Jesus in unique and different ways. And, and I, I would say, my, man, my hope is, is that for, for all of you out there, you're, you're doing something that is, uh, it, it, worship is, is far more powerful 
than we can ever comprehend. You know, you think through, mm. you think through life um, when you're going through really difficult things. My wife's a great example of this. Is when you're going through difficult things, she she worships, and it changes the trajectory of her day. Well, that's what you guys are entrusted to do for for you know for many many others is to change the trajectory of their week of their mm. of their Sunday because you're getting out of the way and you're leading people to Jesus. Jesus changes people's lives. And so if you can give that to the people, uh, that may be the, the greatest privilege of life. Wow, man. Such a good reminder. I appreciate you taking the time to hang out. You're in the car, heading somewhere maybe, but uh, <laughs> man. So sorry. I'm, no, it's awesome. I love it. I appreciate it, man. It was great meeting you too. And uh, hopefully we'll get to connect again one of these days. Would love that. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you. And we'll yeah. uh, we'll catch up sometime soon. All the best Thanks, to all man. you worship leaders out there and uh, keep up the good work. You're a, a beacon of light in a dark community and uh, mm. the, the darkness has never needed light so much. So keep up the good work and yeah, we'll hopefully right. our paths will cross sometime soon. That's right. See you soon, man. Bye. All right. Awesome conversation with Luke from For King and Country. Whatever you guys took away from that conversation, I want you to write it down in the comments right now, wherever you're watching this on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, write down in the comments what's one thing that you're walking away from this conversation with. I thought there were a lot of really good, challenging, encouraging things in there. And I appreciate uh, Luke for taking the time. Make sure you go listen to for, for, for King and Country, wherever you get music, listen to their new song, get their track at Loop Community. And uh, until next time, we'll see you Loop Live. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Matt McCoy. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Hey, it means so much to us when you let us know what you thought. Write down in the comments what you learned from this episode, anything else that you found encouraging from this episode. Glad you guys are listening to the podcast. Hope to provide to you a lot of helpful content as you lead worship. See you soon.